the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Assurance. When you die, do you have assurance that heaven will be your home? Welcome to Canyon Ridge Radio with Pastor Chris Chadwick, a ministry of Canyon Ridge Baptist Church in San Diego. You'll hear verse-by-verse preaching that will help you know and love Jesus in a personal and practical way. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 8 and listen in to this message in progress as we learn from the Bible how to have assurance. When I was a kid, we used to sing a song, How Beautiful Heaven Must Be. It reads like this. We read of a place that's called heaven. It's made for the pure and the free. Those truths in God's word he has given, how beautiful heaven must be. How beautiful heaven must be, sweet home of the happy and free. For haven of rest for the weary, how beautiful heaven must be. In heaven, no drooping nor pining, no wishing for elsewhere to be. Ah, don't you look forward to the day when you don't wish to be anywhere else? I mean, I love being here. I don't want to be anywhere else right now, I don't think. But let me tell you, if my vacation could come three weeks early, I wouldn't complain. I look forward to vacation. I look forward to my daughter, Judith, is coming next week, next Saturday. And I look forward to, or the next Saturday, I forget which one it is, next Saturday. And I look forward to Judith being here. I look forward to to her coming in the house. I look forward to those things. And, and no wishing for elsewhere to be. What a great joy that is. How many of you have been at work and going, I just can't wait to get home. And then you get home. I just can't wait to go there. And then you get there. I just can't wait to be here. And then you get there. And I just can't wait to be there. And you get there. And I just can't can't wait to be back home. We're always wishing for somewhere else to be. I, I look forward to the day when we're in heaven and we want to be nowhere else. The single piece people wish they were married. The married people wish they didn't have kids. The children wish they were out of the house. We always have a desire for something new, something different. Man, heaven is going to be a place of absolute contentment. No wishing for elsewhere to be. God's light is forever there shining. How beautiful heaven must be. The angels so sweetly are singing. Up there by the beautiful sea, sweet chords from their gold harps are ringing. How beautiful heaven must be. Christ died for us to give us heaven. Thirdly, I want you to notice that Christ justifies us. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. The word justify means that God declares us righteous in Christ. Satan is the accuser of their brethren. Satan stands before God and tells God that you're not worthy, that you're not good, that you've got problems. We read about that in the book of Job. We read about that in the book of Zechariah, chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. Satan wants to make a, a charge against you. And the Bible says in verse number 33, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's, it's God that justified. I just want to say this morning, God is the justifier. God is the judge. God declares you righteous in Christ. God declares you, you justified, that you fulfilled all the requirements, not because of anything that you have done, but because what we've been talking about in six, seven, and eight, because of the work that Christ has done, you are justified, but not because of your effort, not because of your ability, not 
not because of your merit, but you are justified by God. And God is the judge. And because you've accepted Christ, you are justified. You're made right with God. You say, I just want to know that my, my life is right and I'm going to heaven. Friends, the only way to know that is to be justified by grace through faith in Christ alone. If you're here today and you're not justified, if you're not sure that if you died, heaven would be your home, God wants to justify you if you will realize that you're a sinner and turn from your sin and accept the free gift of salvation that comes in Jesus Christ alone. He's the justifier. I'm get glad that God didn't save me and then say, well, Chris, you're saved, but now you've got to perform all of these acts of service. You've got to do all of these things. You've got to give all of this money. And if you do all of these things, I promise that I'll say, I, I promise that you'll have heaven as your home. I promise that you'll have all this. No, no, no. I'm saved. I'm justified. And I'm justified by the grace of God. Warren Wearsby said, understanding the meaning of justification brings peace to our hearts. When God declares the believing sinner righteous in Christ, that declaration never changes. Our Christian experiences change from day to day, but justification never changes. We may accuse ourselves and men may accuse us, but God will never take us to court and accuse us. Jesus has already paid the penalty and we are secure in him. God justifies us. And you don't have to walk around if you're saved wondering whether or not you're saved. You don't have to walk around if you're saved doubting whether or not you're saved. You're saved. If you've repented of your sin and trusted only Jesus as your Savior. Now, if you've never done that, you're not saved. But if you've accepted Christ, you're justified. It is somebody defined at one time, just as if I'd never sinned. Though I think that's a cute saying and it's good. And, and, and in many ways, it's, it's very, very right. I love a, a deeper definition. And that is to restore man to the intended state of fellowship. Meaning, God restores us to what it should have been or what it was like for Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. That's what justification does. And because God sees us through the righteousness of Christ and not our own righteousness and not our own abilities and not our own capabilities, we are justified or we are made right through Christ. You ought to rejoice today in the reality, if you're saved, that God has justified you. And you don't have to doubt for the rest of your life. You don't have to wonder for the rest of your life. You don't have to hope for the rest of your life that you're saved. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the Bible says that you're gloriously, eternally, forever saved. What a joy that is. Oh, there might be some times when it feels like you're all alone. There might be some times when the enemy taunts your unworthiness to receive the promises. There might be some times when you yourself or Satan attack you for your frailty and, and your humanity, but you're justified. And notice verse number 33, who shall lay anything to God's elect? This is such a key phrase, the last six words. It's, you see this right here, verse number 33. It is God that justifieth. God is the judge. Paul is drawing our attention yet again back to the character of God. God has justified you. The omniscient, all-knowing, perfect son of God is the one that is the justifier. 
not, not some board of, of people that might make a mistake, not based on your own performance, but based on the character and the grace of God, are we justified? So who can bring anything against you? No one. No one can condemn you if God has justified you. And will God justify you? God will justify anyone who puts their faith and trust in Christ. If you're here and you're not sure that heaven will be your home, put your faith in Jesus today and God promises to justify you or to return you to the state for which you were created, which is perfect fellowship with God. You'll be justified with God and no one can ever take that away from you. The work God has done is that he is for us. Christ died for you. God justifies you. And and this is so beautiful, verse number 34. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Notice this as well. Christ is interceding for us. We rejoice because Christ is interceding or making intercession for us. The word intercessor here means Christ represents us before the throne of God. We don't have to represent ourselves. And and a dual intercession keeps the believer secure in Christ. You remember three weeks ago, we looked at verse 26 and 20, or, or four weeks ago, 26 and 27, where the Bible says, the spirit helpeth our infirmities. We know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us, which groanings that cannot be uttered. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, intercedes for us. And then in verse number 34, the Son of God is interceding for us. He's going to God on our behalf. He's sitting, the scripture says, at the right hand of the throne of God, a place of power, a place of authority, a, a, a place of, of finality. Christ is interceding for us as our two ways, as our high priest. As our high priest, he gives us the grace we need to overcome temptation, the, the grace to defeat the enemy. We read about that in Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 14. Where the scripture says, seeing that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession for we have not a high priest, which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities or, or meaning this, he's not a distant God. He is an empathetic God. He feels our infirmities, which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Jesus went through the, the, the temptation of the, the flesh. Jesus went through the, the difficulties and concept of every temptation that we had. Verse number 16, uh, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. It is Jesus who intercedes for us and, and we are encouraged. We are implored to go boldly. Leave 16 up for a second, please. We are implored to go to the throne of grace. Notice this word boldly. The fifth word in the verse, let us therefore come boldly to where? The throne of grace, why? To obtain mercy and what? And find grace to help in time of need? The word boldly is a, is a fascinating and wonderful word for the believer, meaning I don't have to question, I don't have to doubt, I don't have to worry, I can go directly to God and I can go directly to God for any struggle that I'm having in my life. Any challenge that I'm having in my life. And that I might find grace to help in time of need. 
I said this today, 30 service. The reason that people often struggle in their sin and don't find victory in their sin is because they're not going to the throne of grace to try to find help. They're trying to find help through a variety of ways and a variety of means. And, and, and they're taking exercise classes, which obviously I love to work out. Or, or, or they're, they're, they're going to go to a meditation center to find help. Or they're going to go to counseling to find help. I'm not against people trying to find some help. But let me tell you where the helper is. The helper's at the throne of grace. And the believer is to go boldly. You say, what does it mean boldly? Well, let's take it this way. Let's say that you're that person that I mentioned earlier, that maybe you struggle with a little bit of a melancholy or depressive spirit. I know because I've struggled with this at times in my life. How many of you that have been there, don't raise your hand, but how many of you have ever been there? You feel it coming on. You know it's coming. You're like, oh man, I feel it coming on. I've even had people say that to me. I feel it coming, pastor. What do I do? Can I tell you what you do? You go boldly to the throne of grace. Boldly, Lord, I feel this coming on. I feel discouragement coming on. Lord, would you help me? We believe around here and pray in the scripture. Lord, I'm coming boldly. I need your help. I'm really sad. I don't know why. Or I'm really sad and I know why. And I need help in this area. Some people in this congregation this morning really are struggling with sin in their life. Dudes in our church and ladies in our church that struggle with sexual sins like pornography uh, and, and other things. When you feel that temptation, you need to go boldly to the throne of grace. People say, well, I don't want anyone to know, not even God. You think he doesn't know? If you like what you've heard so far, check out CanyonRidgeRadio.com. You can see videos and listen to hundreds of Bible messages that will help you in your walk with the Lord. You can also send a message to me and Pastor Chadwick. Check us out at CanyonRidgeRadio.com. Now, back to the message in progress. The Bible says who can, uh, that, that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And then the scripture goes on that God is a discerner and the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. If the Holy Spirit lives inside you, he knows what's going on. And the book of James says you have not because you ask not and you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it under your lust. But if you go boldly to the throne of grace and ask God to help over the temptation or help over the discouragement or help over the direction that you know is not healthy or right or spiritually correct for you to go. God promises to give grace to help in time of need. And people say this, well, I did that once. Well, this is in a present tense meaning. That means we do it over and over and over and over and over again. Well, pastor, how long do we do it for? Every time the struggle comes. It might happen five times a day. I don't know. It might happen 500 times a day. the, the, The issue It's not how often does it happen. The issue is we have a great high priest in Jesus Christ who suffered for our infirmities and he's interceding to God for us and he's telling us to go to him for grace and he will help us with grace. Well, my marriage is struggling. Well, then every time that you feel like attacking your spouse, go boldly to the throne of grace. And ask God for for grace in your own heart and mercy and help you to uh, overlook some of the struggles that you have with your spouse. I'm just going to tell you, on the authority of the word of God, God is going to help you in a wonderful way. Well, will he take it away? No, a lot of times God allows stuff to stay there to keep us humble and returning to him. He is our intercessor. He is our high priest. And he also intercedes for us as our advocate. 
He forgives our sin and restores our fellowship. First John chapter one, verse number nine, the Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. If you're here today going, I'm good, I haven't sinned. He's talking to believers, by the way, but he's talking about in your personal life. I'm good, I'm good, I haven't sinned at all. No, he says you make him a liar and his word is not in us. Chapter two, verse number one, my little children, these things write I unto you. John is an old man when he writes this. He's about 96 years old. I'm writing this to you that you sin not. Don't sin. But if you sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Okay, don't sin. But if you sin, you have an advocate, you have an attorney, you have a defense attorney with the Father would be a a modern day translation of that. And the defense attorney is Jesus Christ the righteous who is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. In chapter 2, verse number 2. And he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also the sin of the whole world. Jesus is the propitiation. That means the substitutionary payment. We could read this verse this way, just for clarity, that Jesus is the one who paid the price for our sins and not only our sins, my little children, but also the sins of the whole. The word whole whole means the entire world. Jesus didn't die for just a select few. He died for everyone and anyone who will come to him, he promises to give them eternal life. And then he intercedes for them with the Father, who is the judge, as Satan stands before the Father and accuses them, or as you even accuse yourself. What do you mean accuse myself? Oh, I'm such a spiritual loser. I'm never going to amount for anything with God. Well, you may have messed up. And you may have sinned. But God doesn't call you to self-degradation. God doesn't call you to abusing yourself spiritually. Well, what does God want from me then when I mess up? Repentance. Repentance. What does repentance mean, Pastor? It means to agree with God that you've sinned against him and you really want help to stop it and you're asking for forgiveness and you're, you're asking for restoration. Well, I'm just always going to be this way. I'm convinced that the reason sometimes we say I'm always going to be this way is because you always want to be that way. No, I'm just not going to stop cussing. I don't care what anybody says. It's the way I was raised. My dad cussed. My mama cussed. We just, that's just the way that it was. Blankety blank. See, I just can't help cussing. You just, let's be truthful. You just don't want to. You just don't want to stop. I, I'm always, I'm just always going to be angry. I mean, my daddy was angry. My mama was angry. Everybody was angry. I grew up in an angry household. I mean, come on. You know, you know. Now, now listen, you might have a propensity to that due to or because of your fallen nature or due to your upbringing. But, but do you really think that the God who sent his son from heaven to earth can't give you or won't give you victory over that? The Christ who is interceding for you, who told you as a high priest to come boldly to the throne of grace. 
Well, it's just how I am. Not if you're a redeemed child of God. No, no, I said not if you're a redeemed child of God. You're a new creation. You're new in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. We studied in the book of Romans, I believe it was chapter five, about the war between the flesh and the spirit. Yes, there's a war that's going on, but friends, you have the victory on your side and the victory is found in the person of Jesus Christ. And it's a wonderful victory. Well, I'm just going to always be in debt. I don't know how to get my way around it. I'm just going to always be in debt. Not if you follow God's word. Not if you follow God's plan. You can be victorious in Christ. And you should rejoice because Christ is interceding for you. And when you struggle, Christ is like, hey, Lord, yep, they did. But I, I died. I'm the propitiation. I died for their sin. You say, has it happened that way? Nobody really knows exactly how it happened, especially me. I'm sure that somebody else would have a better imagery than that. But the scripture says he's at the right hand of the Father, ever living to make intercession for us. That when Satan accuses us or we accuse ourselves or somebody else accuses us, it seems as though from the context of scripture that Jesus is reminding God, the judge, who's not forgotten, I might add, that Jesus is reminding the judge, they're redeemed, they're blood-bought children, they're my brothers and sisters, they're part of the family. Oh, he's interceding. Several years ago, our church got sued for $68 million dollars. That was the high point. They kept changing it, but that was the high point, which wasn't bad. We were going to have to stop paying Bernie for one year, and it had been fine. Aaron Guess, Bernie's the worship leader guy. And um, we hired an attorney. His name's Ken. Ken's such a good friend of ours. I found that attorneys become your friends when you pay them a lot. And I'm obviously teasing. And Ken was just a great, great, great attorney and a great friend. And when we went before the judge a few times, we ended up not having to go to court. But when we went before the judge a few times, it was it was good. It just felt good and peaceful that Ken had been doing this for 40 years. And now, like all attorneys, Ken could talk your ear off. When you paid him, he, he got paid in 15-minute increments. And Ken couldn't say hello in less than 16 minutes. No lie, it took him 16 minutes to say hello. Ken, how you doing? Well, let me tell you these four stories. And, and you know, he didn't charge us. He helped us so much. I just joke around with him all the time about attorneys. He always called me Muscles, Pastor Muscles. And... Um, and uh, then he called Pastor Bernie, Pastor Good Looks. And Ken and Bernie both went to the Naval Academy. So they were ring knockers. So when they got together, there was a secret handshake. And they would just rub each other's foreheads together. And I wasn't sure what any of those things meant. And I wasn't sure Christ was happy with it either. Uh, but when we went before the Lord, or the Lord, when we went before the judge... When we went before the judge... It was good to have an advocate. It was good to have an intercessor. The judges we went before were flawed. The judge that Jesus intercedes for us is perfect and knows everything and doesn't, listen, he does not need any 
evidence because he knows all. And he knows that we are guilty, but for the beautiful grace of his son. And his son intercedes over and over and over again for us. Mm. We have so much to rejoice about. God is for us. Christ died for us. God justifies us. And Christ intercedes for us. We have a wonderful Savior. If you're here today, I didn't talk a lot about the gospel other than in passing. But let me say this. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, and you say, I'd like God to be for me. I realize Christ died for me. I, I have a desire that God would justify me, and I want Christ to intercede for me. Well, you can have that today if you will recognize and admit that you're a sinner, repent of your sin, and accept Jesus Christ alone as your Savior. If you'll do that today, God promises to give you, guarantees you eternal life. Without it, you have eternal death. That's just the reality. But if you're saved or if you repent, you'll have eternal life in Jesus Christ. And though I didn't talk about it a lot, you could talk to some counselors that we'll have standing here in just a minute that'll be up here. We'd love to answer any question you have about eternal life or any other question that you have. And then we'll have some counselors throughout the auditorium after the, at the end of the service that would love to share with you the hope that comes from Jesus Christ alone. We want people at Canyon Ridge to know Jesus Christ alone as their personal Lord and Savior. And our prayer is today, if you don't know him, that you would accept him as your Savior. Don't leave today in doubt of your salvation. If you die without Christ, you spend eternity in hell. If you die with Christ, you spend eternity with God in heaven and our loving Savior. You've been listening to Canyon Ridge Radio with Pastor Chris Chadwick. Before we go... If you have any questions about what it means to be a Christian and how to go to heaven after you die, we invite you to visit our website, CanyonRidgeRadio.com, for more information. We hope this episode of Canyon Ridge Radio has been an encouragement to you. Canyon Ridge Baptist Church is a growing church located in beautiful San Diego, California. If you're in the San Diego area, make plans to visit us this Sunday at 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 5 o'clock p.m., at 6866 Linda Vista Road. For more information about our church, our pastor, or how to know Jesus as your Savior, visit our website at canyonridgeradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.